0: is proudly sponsored by vividly welcome to rock your midlife so i'm breaking out the song here because i'm so excited and i just can't <laughs> hide it because oh my goodness i have the founders of the bad ass rebellion and they are three badass women they are a trio of psychologists and today we're going to talk about why midlife really does matter you know the research isn't there about looking at what is so important about this time of life but it really does matter because like adolescence it's a time of significant emotional and psychological development And if you are trying to figure out how to manage your midlife and make it matter, today's show is really going to provide you with the information about the most powerful skills to learn. And if you listen to me, you know that I'm always talking about self-compassion because I know these three amazing women understand that. Um, because self-compassion is really a life vest and a parachute. It's a life vest. So when you are going through a health crisis, you're dealing with menopause, you're having struggles at work or in your personal life with relationships, it helps you stay afloat because you have this amazing resource yourself that you can be your own personal coach, helping you through whatever you're facing. But the cool thing is that it is also a parachute It actually helps you when you want to soar, when you want to switch up your career, when you want to start traveling, when you want to go on that dating app, you want to work on your health, whatever it is that you've been dreaming and thinking about, but you're a little scared because really rocking your midlife is all about stepping outside your comfort zone. You've got this parachute so that you know, you know what, if I fail, here's a little secret, you're going to fail. If you're going to like grow and change, you're going to fail. We need to reframe that failure as stepping stones for on success. But you've got this parachute, the self-compassion that says, okay, girl, get up. What did you learn? How did you grow? Failure's part of life. We all fail. We all make mistakes. Nobody's perfect. You can pick yourself up. So we're going to talk a lot today about self-compassion. And really what I love about these three women is that, and myself included, you look at Instagram, you look on social media, and it's so much about like, looks, right? It's about, okay, let's not do Botox anymore. But let's like, use this new device, or it's all about like the weight loss, or it's all about like the perfect hair. And I'm all about looking cute. You know, I like to look cute. I like to do my skincare. But you know, it's not just about the surface. I think the best beauty product is joy. Having this what I like to call this quantum joy alignment, where you really love who you are, even with all of your mistakes. And it's this sort of wabi-sabi thing, your cracks or what lets the light in. You love yourself. You love who you are. You feel worthy. You're doing things that let you up. Your life has purpose. It has meaning. You feel authentic. You feel good physically. So we're going to really talk about that and really kind of, um, you know, these women are, they're, they're bad-ass rebels, right? We're talking about what this time of life is really about. So let me introduce them. Together, they have over 40 years of clinical psychological experience with expertise ranging from treating eating and weight-related disorders to anxiety, depression, and trauma. They are Dr. Avery Honig. They're all PhD psychologists. And she uh, has a degree from the University of Texas Southwestern Medical Center. Um, And she's worked in a variety of hospital settings. She started her private practice in 2008. And she works primarily with older adolescents and adults using cognitive behavioral therapy to help her patients manage symptoms of anxiety and depression. We have Dr. Lucy Smith, who is also, again, a PhD psychologist. She got her degree at the University of Colorado at Boulder, and now she is in private practice in Dallas. She specializes in the treatment of eating and weight-related disorders. And she loves to teach mindfulness and embodied practices. And she offers a 30-day program called Meditation for Bad Meditators, which I love because meditating is not about being a good meditator. It's about changing your mindset and being present in your life. And finally, uh, Dr. Jamie Wilson, she has a degree in counseling psychology from the University of North Texas. uh, And she works both in private practice and she specializes in anxiety trauma, aging, and relationship concerns. And she is on the adjunct uh, faculty uh, at the University of North Texas. So welcome women to Rock Your Midlife. Thank 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 you.
1: so excited excited to
0: have you all here and I want to let people know too that you can also uh check out our sponsor vividly which is live-vividly.com it's a great platform that will help you rock your midlife so let's get into it I would love to know what led you guys to create the badass rebellion
2: who wants to go (laughs) who wants to do our normal (laughs) spiel I can
0: start so
3: we started a podcast in April of 21. And really that came out of the isolation that we were feeling during COVID all three of us are in private practice and so. Most of our work um, during the the pandemic was at home kind of virtually like this, and it was really um, stressful at times and also very isolating and so. We got together um, for a brunch and talked about that feeling of isolation and this desire to do something collaborative. Um, something that went beyond you know the one-to-one setting and so we decided to start a podcast and so we started that in April of 21 had so much fun with it and really just talking about the things that we talk in our about in our private practices so kind of those you know consistent you know messages that we kind of were noticing that were coming up with our clients we would share those on, Our podcast did that for about a year, and then decided that we wanted to take it another step further. And so, in March of 22, we started to think about how could we do this in a more direct way. Um, How could we kind of like boil down more of like what is our messaging? Where who are we trying to talk to? And so that's when we had this idea about the Badass Rebellion and but it's kind of morphed and changed I think initially we were thinking that we might focus more on women in their 30s but as we it's kind of grown and developed we've realized, gosh, this is such a time of development and change midlife and it's something that we are. experiencing in our own lives, you know with with our friends and our our like social circles, as well as with our um, clients so it's really nice um area i think it's it's something that's getting talked about more and more which is amazing and we've noticed that the psychological component that emotional development piece is not something that has had a lot of light shed on it so that's what we really are trying to do with the badass rebellion and to help women to upgrade their midlife experience i think that that's really our focus did i miss something jamie and lucy anything
0: you'd add Got it okay yeah it boggles my mind that it hasn't been paid attention to i mean you think about how much literature is around adolescence and college and you know as women you know we're going through this huge physiological transformation menopause which i'm so excited that you know we're talking more about it hormonal fluctuations are causing huge changes in our psyche. A lot of people don't realize that women at midlife have the highest rate. I'm sure you guys know of depression for any group, for our age and gender, we need support. And then everything's happening around us too, right? We're going through the empty nest. Maybe we have parents who we need to be caregivers all of a sudden, Now we lose a parent, you know, in the job place, we feel invisible. So it's like, Mm -hmm. I'm so happy that so many, midlife women are speaking up coming out creating uh organizations and retreats and all kinds of ways for all of us to interact so tell us a little bit about what you i know i touched on a little bit what you've all done professionally prior to starting the badass rebellion and kind of how did that lead you to creating uh the badass rebellion
1: yeah so i think i think as avery mentioned you know it started with with the podcast and then I think for me, like it was a big part of private practice has been wonderful. And I've loved my private practice over the years, but it's kind of lonely, right? And I have kids who are entering their teenage years, you know, one who just started high school and the one who's in middle school. And I think as my kids get older, realizing like I need something different in my life. And I think what I was missing in private practice was the really a lack of like collaborating with other people. You know, you work with your clients, but you're really kind of working for your clients and focused on them. And so I think for all of us, there was this like need for something a little more creative, like a different sort of energy, like wanting to do something different, wanting to use a different part of our brains, wanting to work together to kind of do something that could reach more people as well and reach people in a different way. Therapy I think is wonderful, but it has a lot of kind of boundaries and parameters. And I think that's what enables it to work well. But then there's also, Kind of this like missing piece around how do we help people really translate this? And I think we've all become really big believers in community as well. And so this healing that can happen by interacting with and being in relationship with other people. And I think that's one of the things we wanted to facilitate with the Badass Rebellion too.
2: And I think too, like, I'm sorry, Ellen. Uh, I think too, also, like, One of the things that i think is really important for us is to sort of demonstrate and model like what really solid collaborative friendly friendship kinds of relationships can be you know between women and we want to you know expand that to our community here in in the dallas area and and beyond
0: yeah that's huge i just had another interview with a former client of mine and the collaboration piece is huge you know we are all in this together. And I think I I quote the Dalai Lama of saying midlife women, he says, women are going to change the world. But I think it's really the Western midlife women, all of us have such a wealth of experience, so much wisdom, uh, so many skills and abilities, and we can get to midlife and think, my gosh, I'm kind of washed up and feeling invisible. That's why it's so important that you have organizations like yourselves, like we're coming out and we're talking about Are you seeing a change that midlife women are kind of like saying, Wait a minute. Yeah, I, I I have value. I have like 30, 40 years in front of me. I really want to make a difference. Are you starting to see a change kind of in the, the larger sense in terms of the work that you're doing?
2: I think I think so. I, I think we are. I, I think that um women have to kind of clear the time and space in order to get there. Um, because, like you mentioned, there are so many different transitions and different changes in role responsibilities, and so in some aspects, I think midlife women can, you know, have the time and space to do that because maybe they're freed up in certain areas. But also, too, I think other things can kind of come in and and take that take that space. So it's really important for them to for us to help um, help them um, clear it, clear that space, so that they can come to that.
1: But I think that's a big piece of it too. I think often the solutions that are being offered, I think in the culture at large is to look younger and to be thinner, right? And so a lot of focus on dieting or a lot of focus on kind of appearance and looking a certain way. Um, And I think that in doing that, like we miss this opportunity to focus on something so much more powerful, right? Like you were saying, Ellen, like, I think we all, you know, mind our appearance and think it's great to kind of have an outfit that looks good or to feel good about yourself. But I think when we start to lean too heavily on being thin or looking young as the only answer we we miss out on something that actually has the capacity to move the needle much further and make much bigger shifts in our lives
0: yeah it's so interesting that we're we're in this space and that's really if you're listening and you're thinking oh my god I want to look like my 26 year old self Marketers want you to feel bad about yourself because then they can sell you products and products and services. If you felt great about yourself, you looked yourself in the mirror and you said, "You know what? I love and care about myself. I'm doing the, I'm doing a great job." You wouldn't need to buy all of this BS that they sell you. And then you could also, you know, in terms of the weight thing. I mean, I, I was the opposite in my 40s. I was that personal fitness trainer. It was getting everybody to try to be skinny. And then I discovered self compassion and realized that body image has nothing to do with your body. It's body image is in your mind it's the way that you perceive your physical self the way that you think about your body we can change that actually by not changing our bodies but by changing our relationship with ourselves so that's so cool like what you guys are doing to do that so how did you come up with the name badass rebellion because i love that
2: how did we come up with the name? Well, <laughs> it's been a while. We, it's been a while.
3: It's been a while. It was, it was kind of a, a process. I think we really liked the I think we first landed on the word badass. Mm-hmm. Uh, each of us has a little bit of a body mouth. We wanted something that was a little bit on you know, a little bit edgy, a little bit kind of like um
1: irreverent, maybe. Re- reverent.
3: yes, mm-hmm. thank you. And and rebellion, we kind of that was a word that we played with for a while, but we really landed there because. I think that the, the messaging is changing, but I think that really initially we were rebelling against this idea that midlife is just this blank space. I mean, when we went through graduate school, which has been for me, I mean, 20 years or so, but it was really like you learned a lot about development up until about 35 or 40. And then again around 70, but between 35 and 70, there was like this blank space of just like not much happening, not much going on. and. I definitely think that, again, the, t- the tide is turning there. We're, t- we're at least now talking about the biological changes that are happening in midlife, um, which I definitely think is helping women in this age range to not feel invisible i think we felt invisible for a lot of reasons for a long time but i think there's still not a lot going on as far as discussion around the emotional and psychological changes that are happening and so i think really that's kind of the rebellion is actually rebelling against this idea that there's not much going on not much change happening you know the invisibility the out to pasture the dried up over the all of those kind of messages that we get about midlife really being this kind of, you know, blank kind of desert of time. That's really what we're rebelling against. That it really can be so full and so rich and so um, creative and exciting. And that's actually, it's very like meta for us because that's actually what we're finding in our midlife with Badass Rebellion. And it's something we want to offer for people um, in our community
0: as well. Yeah, it kills me when you Google midlife, it's conjoined with crisis (laughs) and it's like, I mean and i think that we we you know for for women it's like yeah we're going through raising raising kids teenagers Mm -hmm. and their own and i know for me my my going through perimenopause coincided with my kid going through my kids going through adolescence and so Mm -hmm. they're off the wall and all of that but that's not it's as as brene brown says you know it's not a crisis it's a totally it's an unraveling which is a good thing because i think again that sort of unraveling of thinking about the butterfly in the crystal, you know, the, the caterpillar going into the chrysalis. And then you think about that silk unraveling and sort of creating this shroud. Um, so how are you know, I can I conceptualize midlife as really this major time of transformation and transition where you get to really look at who you are in the deepest level and you get to, to say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take care of my health. I've got another 20, 30, 40 years. In front of me, I've got this whole second adulthood. What do I want that to look like? And that's kind of where I start. But I'm curious, where do you conceptualize uh, what's happening in midlife? How do you conceptualize it?
2: I mean, I think for us, there are several sort of like phases and tasks maybe that can be, um, that need to be attended to. So I think one of the things is that you have to sort of reorient (laughs) to where you are, like, where am I? Like, we talk about it being sort of like a mall directory, you know, those you are here. And so I think it's really important for people to take stock of of where they are. And then that that leads into um, more of that deeper work that you were talking about, like this reckoning of, of who am I now? Who am I not? You know, where, where is it that I want to be in my life, which really takes some deeper work. And then once you realize who I am right here, right now, then we can get into this the space of like trying to reclaim what really, really, truly matters. Like when we really get in touch with who we are and how we want to be and how we want to live the second half of our life, then we can start to create these spaces and these boundaries and protect things that are super duper important for us. Like, you know, protecting our identity and who we are right now, protecting our time, protecting our relationships with the people that are, that we really want to um, continue to facilitate and deepen those relationships. And then You know, lastly, after we move through all of that and and probably all along um, that this whole process is that there is kind of a rejoicing you know, that that can happen. And that's something that for we just finished um two workshops on rejoicing last week, because what we've noticed is, there's not a lot of ritual rite of passage, any of that sort of stuff in midlife, you're very much the observer, right? You're the guest, you know, you're the guest at the baby shower, you're the guest at the graduation. But other than maybe a birthday or an anniversary, there's not very much celebrating of you. And it's, it's awful when you like Google midlife celebration, what comes up are the a funeral celebration of life literally that is what comes up when you google that and i'm like oh my god so then you're celebrated at your death and that's it but you know it's such a a really wonderful time and i know that that's something you know you're um like what you really promote and what you try to embody ellen is like rocking your midlife like we've got a lot of time left where we can actually make this a very joyful wonderful time But we've just got to do the work before we can do that
0: yeah it's this great opportunity because until recently you know people got through menopause and then they croaked it's like right at 55. right i'm a proud 60 and i you know i just went through an unexpected breast cancer journey um Mm. got through it it was 461 days of treatment um but you know, I'm planning on making it to hundred. I mean, I'm watching the great documentary that's on Netflix now. I don't yeah. you seen it, but thinking about, wow, all the things that go, all the components, yes, from diet movement, play, social connection, spirituality, having more fun, enjoying your life. And like, we're thinking like, wow, what are all of these pieces that we can put together? And I love that you're saying celebrating because even traditional cultures, like they, we know we have rites of passage, right? We've cut that, You know, we think about uh, rites of passage in most religions as someone becomes a man or a woman as they transition to adulthood, but we don't have anything. So I love that you're helping people celebrate it. So um, what do you feel is the best approach? So someone's listening and going, this all sounds really great and i want to rock my midlife and i want to be part of this midlife life rebellion this badass rebellion but i have no idea where to start you know i've got kids i've got aging parents i've got this job i've got financial pressures i'm going through menopause i've got no energy there's a lot on our plates how do you work with women who are just feeling so overwhelmed with just the day to day getting through life
1: i think part of it is to clear out the time and space to make yourself a priority and i know that sounds you know much easier said than done and when we do have a lot on our plate it can be hard but kind of this question of like what am i willing to commit to and what am i willing to invest in i think it can be anything as simple as like grabbing one of the these books like like your book ellen on on midlife or menopause and kind of doing some education and reading to kind of joining some of these you know communities online to like getting into a program to finding someone to work with i think we can have a different level of investment depending on where you are and and what's available to you but i think just starting to get starting to get started right and finding some sort of community that you can plug into I,
3: i think a lot of that is contingent on validating that like this is a thing right i think that so often or i think more in the past like we there really was not a lot of information about what was happening in midlife. And I think there is, thankfully, finally some information about what's happening biologically in menopause um, so that people can feel validated that this is even a phase that that things are happening. I mean, we think about really, you know, puberty is kind of the time that things are winding up and that menopause is really when things are winding down from a biological perspective. But alongside that, there all of this emotional, the emotional piece of both the social situations that you've mentioned, I mean, aging parents, aging children, all everybody's getting older, it's not just you. And so there's a lot of change that's happening there. But I think even just validating that like, this feels like a lot because it is in fact a lot. And it feels like there's a lot of change. This feels like a kind of a very distinct experience because in fact it is um we think about even from a hormonal perspective that you know that kind of caretaking hormone estrogen is, is starting to kind of level off and go down so even the way that you're you're focusing your time or your kind of hormonal kind of pull is changing and so i think really these discussions about you know that are validating acknowledging the change that is happening um so that people can i, mean, I think when you name something you really give so much power to the experience and i think in a lot of ways you kind of can take the first step out of the like shame or secrecy or um you know invalidation that you may feel and so i think even just naming it that yes there are these biological changes there are also these emotional changes There are also as you mentioned a lot of situ like situational social changes financial changes it work-related changes like no wonder you're feeling overwhelmed because it's an overwhelming and and I think as Lucy said kind of getting being becoming informed, I think that there really is more information available now, but many. Physicians may not be as informed, as you know, some some may be more informed than others, you may have to be the own, your own advocate for your health care and so becoming informed about what is happening, I think, is so critical.
0: Yeah, that's really powerful. I think that it's you know naming it like you name it, you tame it. Just in terms of emotional, but also right. naming, you know, to know that may this is menopause. Menopause can happen. You can start going through perimenopause ten years prior to actually stopping your period and going to the American Menopause Society or the American Menopause Foundation, finding a physician who can help you. Because a lot of times I hear stories all the time with women who start. HRT, hormone replacement therapy, and all of a sudden, their psyches change. The doctor is prescribing antidepressants, but it's really that hormonal fluctuation. They're not getting their sleep. They're not feeling their best. So I think I love what you said, Avery, about naming that this, and again, going back to that self-compassion piece, common humanity. If you are in a female body, you are going to go through menopause. It is normal. And so we are normalizing it. We are um, elevating it. I think I see a lot of women too, like Celebrating when the period's done, because it's kind of a cool thing. Wow, that's something I don't need to worry about pregnancy. I don't need to worry about that anymore. It's kind of a fun thing. And I love also, I want to pick up what Jamie said too boundaries, boundaries around your time, around the people that you're keeping, you know, uh, you're spending time with around your work and your life creating some boundaries. And I guess I also want to say, and I'd love to get your two cents on this reframing self-care. Self-care is not this thing you do on the weekend to, to glue yourself back together again. Self-care is at two o'clock in the afternoon when you're feeling overwhelmed, you close your eyes for two minutes and you take an empowered pause and you check in and you notice your breathing. Am I breathing up here? By breathing all the way down into my feet and and asking yourself, the most important question is what do I need right now? But realizing that self-care doesn't have to take time. It doesn't have to cost money. It's something that we, we make a priority throughout our day. And when we do that, we actually function better in our personal life, in our professional life, we get time back, but I think we also need to Really reframe again. Going back to that marketer, it's not about like the vacation's nice and the mani pedi facials is all you know nice fun stuff. But self care is really about the, the you know getting your sleep, having your snacks, staying hydrated, all of these things that you do to be your best self.
2: Yeah, I think absolutely and and I think a lot of times people think that self-care means adding more in. You know, that self-care is really like it could be a full-time job if you're doing it that way, but I think what we've noticed is really like if you clear space, if you learn how to say no effectively, um if you really tune in to like what you were saying Ellen, like your wants, your needs, your desires, then that is going to help you take much better care of yourself because it really is about, you know, more about like wholeness rather than well-being like how can we sort of integrate ourselves like take care of our brains take care of our bodies take care of our spirit and integrate all of those things together so that we feel like a whole integrated person
0: Yes, so so key so i would love to know since we're trying to normalize and expand our definition of this beautiful time of life what is each of your experiences been in midlife
3: so I have kind of a, a unique experience with menopause. I um, I have a genetic condition where I have a, a higher chance of getting a whole different type, all kinds of cancers. And so I had a full hysterectomy when I was 38 years old. And so I woke up in the hospital in menopause, had a hot flash, like as a, in the recovery, like I was in menopause. And so on one hand, I mean that was it was a lot. I mean I was young, 38 is is a young age to be going through that. But on the other hand, it was clear. It was like, I, I knew what that was. I knew that the hot flash was a hot flash. I knew that my disrupted sleep was because of menopause. So it was kind of helpful, the knowing. And, and I think that that's been something that's that's been very clear for me. And so I think that, and, and in a lot of ways that happened, that did predate my 40th birthday. And so that was something that, I kind of had these two separate experiences of like, menopause. And I knew what that was about. And then this real emotional developmental awakening that I would say started right around when I turned 40. And so it was kind of this unique experience that I had the physical piece, the biological piece that was very clear. And then this emotional piece that I won't say it was separate. I don't think it was at all. It's all connected, but that was a very different experience. And so, um, and and certainly since that time, there have been the emotional changes, the um, kind of just like rearranging of like priorities and and the way that I think about things that has been, I'm certain like related to the biological changes, but has been in, in some ways separate, which has kind of been for the work we're doing, nice to really see like, oh, this is the emotional piece. This is the psychological developmental piece um, and not, not purely the, the physical piece. So what about you, JB and
0: And I wanna say, I appreciate you sharing that because I have yeah. a BRCA2 mutation. So yeah. I didn't find out until I got diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, and I had, you know, ovaries out and I was postmenopausal, but it is, it's a big, you know, it's something that so many women are facing mm-hmm. and that we're, I'm so glad you're talking about it because there's a loss there too. And the sure. sense of like, whether you're going through natural menopause or you're going through it medically, a medical menopause, there is a sense of, am I still female? Am I still a woman? Like right. what is, what is all of that? If I don't have these parts of me anymore. That's right. I think That's it's right. great that we're, we're we're normalizing and talking about. So thank you for sharing your, your experience. How about you, Lucy and Jamie? What has your experience of midlife been like?
2: You want me to go? Okay. Um, so I mean, as far as the biological piece, I had an endometrial ablation like a while back. And so um, I had terrible, horrible, heavy periods and that sort of thing when I was growing up and just all through my life and after I had two kids, and um, I I didn't want to go as far as having a hysterectomy, so I had that, that an overshare procedure done, and so you know, I'm in perimenopause and, um, that marker of, you know, are your periods inconsistent, that kind of thing. Like I don't have that marker because I don't have periods anymore. And so it's just kind of like trying to, to navigate it. And I do have hot flushes from time to time. Usually it's initiated when I have an alcoholic beverage, damn it. Um, or, <laughs> um, or like if I eat something really spicy or whatever, you know, and so I'll just be sweating away and, you know, it's not very comfortable, but you know, I'm with Lucy and Avery a lot of time or my Younger sister. And so it's, and my friends, most of them are in the midlife area. So it's like, it's, we relate to it with a sense of humor and everybody totally gets it. And so I think that's wonderful. Like that, I think in midlife um, in particular, I have oops, my microphone's going rogue, um, is doing, is, um, an opportunity to really like deepen friendships. Mm. You know, I'm not very extroverted, um, which I think probably is what makes me a decent psychologist. You know, I like to listen, I like to observe and that sort of thing. And, and, um, so I, you know, I think that, um, having the friendships that I have and, and making space to really deepen friendships with um, the women that I have in my social circle has been a really really wonderful thing because we know how important social support is um, particularly as you get older um, it's such a huge protective pat- factor for our well-being um so that's been really important for me and also to the creative space that I've been able to get back in touch with you know I think when I was younger it was so much collecting gold stars and striving and being perfectionistic and you know while I say I still like, you know, gold stars. Um, and yes, I can be perfectionistic, definitely. Um, but there's definitely more of a a self-awareness and a wisdom of, you know, through my lived experience and deciding, you know, where, you know, how do I want to be in my life? Not necessarily what do I want to do, but how do I want to be moving forward? And for me, that's been a really important question to, to stay connected with.
0: Wow, so many nuggets. And I love that idea of how you want to be because how you want to be and how you show up moment to moment is what you attract. So I think about like this quantum, what I love to call it quantum joy alignment, where you are in the space of I'm I'm good with who I am. This is where I want to be. And I'm attracting more of that. I love that you, uh, you mentioned the alcohol. This is something in my work I have found, and it hasn't really been researched. And I know Mm -hmm. myself, my body does not enjoy alcohol anymore i (laughs) want the experience that i had in my like 20s and 30s not not to get really drunk but to have a have a glass of wine and it kind of the dopamine it felt good and now i just feel wet whenever i drink (laughs) it's interesting but that hasn't really been studied but there seems like i don't know if we have a change in the alcohol dehydrogenase and we don't process it the same way um i love again the connection i mean i have to say myself i went when i went through a divorce i lost all my friends i changed a lot i changed a lot in the last five years since i've been divorced but now i have you know we have these beautiful networks and so friends are so incredibly important i'm always working with my clients on that as i'm sure you are it's like do those things that you like to do go to that yoga class that art class you know that that poetry reading whatever it is you enjoy doing that nature group and you will find other female friends. It's all about this collaboration. And I love also that you mentioned the creativity because we are all creative beings, but creating is not about the gold stars so much. It's about being in contact with your divine nature, whether that's making cupcakes or poetry or uh, whatever that is. I know I'm doing um, Julie Cameron's The Artist's Way again. Right yeah. now. That's yeah. just, if you're listening and thinking, oh, how do I get in touch with that creativity? That's a great resource. So thank you for, for sharing your experience. And how about you, Lucy? I know you talked a little bit about you know, having kids now and sort of being in the thick of the parenting piece. How has yeah. your experience been?
1: Well, it's interesting. You know, as Avery mentioned, when we started this, we had planned to target people about 10 or 15 years younger than us. And we're like, all the things we wish we knew when we were younger, like that, that you shouldn't try to like cram so much in, forget about the gold stars, right? Like making time and space for rest and play and joy. And then when we started, like those people are just busy that they weren't so interested maybe in what we had to say. And so as we got clear, like in midlife, I think that there's this like slowing down that kind of happens naturally. So as your kids get bigger, I think for me, it was all of a sudden, like my kids are a little bigger. They don't require as much from me, you know, physically having to kind of be there and tend to them in certain ways. And at the same time, I think I got kind of tired enough of like the performing or busyness, or maybe I just got exhausted to be like, there has to be something like better than this. Like once again, I love my work, but I feel burned out and depleted and really lonely and isolated. And like, I need something else in the mix. And I was fortunate to go on a few few retreats and did this year long kind of embodied leadership training, which I think, really helped me like begin to make time and space for myself again and to say like okay if i'm gonna like pull back on you know some of the working or busyness like what else do i want to make space for what's missing um i was i think i was kind of scared to work with people too kind of this idea of um you know before i opened my private practice i did a postdoc and it was a very traumatic year like i was in a hospital and the setting was difficult for me i'm very introverted and and sensitive and so it was just a hard kind of setting and so i think after that i like retreated to like my private practice all by myself just doing my own thing so i think i was a little like scared to try to work with people again which was new for me because i think all of my life before that i had been very much you know about kind of being with other people and kind of working together and so i think that's why the podcast was so nice because it enabled me to kind of like test it out like how is this relationship going to go like do we get along and how do we work beautifully together like it has been pretty easy i would say Mm -hmm. when y'all like in terms of how we kind of align and move things and so i think that that has been a really nice piece of of midlife too. Um, Biologically speaking, I'm very much in perimenopause. And I think that that's why, you know, one of my calls to share this information, I think before I started learning about it, I had no idea what was going on. I was like, why am I like bleeding all over the place? Like, is something terribly wrong? Like, I can't remember jack shit anymore. Like my mind feels so like muddled and my mind's been sharp all my life. Like that's been one of what I felt like my biggest assets was. So like terrifying of like what's happening. And so I think that there's all of a sudden like, Oh, this is all perimenopause. And I even went to my OBGYN a few years ago. I was 42 at the time and she's like, "Oh, you're too young for menopause." Um and kind of like wrote it off, but I wish I had had someone to sit down with me and be like, "Okay, no, there's this whole thing called perimenopause and Ellen, like you said, like 10, 15 years we could spend in this perimenopausal phase where things are shifting and changing and up and down." Um and so I think having this information has helped me kind of like wrap my head around it. I've, I was exhausted too. I, I'm on some hormones now, so feeling a little less crazy in my brain and less exhausted, but, but now I don't have my periods. Right. So I'm like Jamie was saying, have lost touch with like, Ooh, I am having a hard time locating myself of where might I be in this transition? So that's been kind of weird.
0: Yeah. It's, it's a liminal space. So I appreciate Mm -hmm. all of you sharing how challenging. So if you're listening, you're feeling, yeah, I feel like I'm not, I don't feel like myself because you're changing and you're transforming and i think the big opportunity of midlife is to say what's what do i want to be next how am i going to use like the 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 butterfly doesn't go back and say i want to be that caterpillar again and i think that's what you know a lot of this conversation has been about not saying i want to be my 26 year old self i want to look that way which i think is what marketers are trying to sell us is to look 26 like i don't want to be 26. i'm perfectly happy being 60 and having having that wisdom but also feeling good so just to wrap up here, I will, uh, what do you wish people knew about midlife and what do you think people get wrong about the midlife experience?
3: I wish that people knew that, well, one, that midlife is a period of change. You're not doing it wrong. If you feel overwhelmed or a little bit nervous, a little bit on edge, It, it that's all normal. There's a lot that's normal about midlife that feels like maybe it's, it, it could not be normal. And, and I think that, there's a lot of um, grief and loss and uncertainty that can happen during this great phase. And I think that those all are they matter and they need to be talked about and they need to be dealt with. And I think once you do that, you really have this opportunity to step out with intentionality and to really forge your own path. I think especially in the the pretty patriarchal system that we that we live in, we we have these clear markers of like success, like you're supposed to do this in your job or in your family you like have this role or that role and one thing that's kind of exciting about this like blank space that we were talking about before is you've actually i think for a lot of women for the first time in your whole life get to decide what you want on your own and that can be scary and overwhelming and like super exhilarating
0: um so that's those, are, those are, that's, that's my piece what about yeah, you I Jamie, and Lucy? yeah i will say too grieving so important i have to say the other day i just listened to the it's a plurman playing chindler's list theme and i just cried i don't know why i was crying i just sort of it was so healing and i love what you said about it's chart your own course and i think Mm -hmm. just to add if you're listening figure out your core values that can be such yeah. a great north star work with a therapist a coach who can help you to figure out who am I grab my book rock your midlife which has like how do I find my core values but what do I really stand for and that can help you and then again that self-compassion piece to help you through it so thank you for sharing those incredible uh nuggets of wisdom Jamie how about you what do you wish people knew about midlife and what are people getting wrong about midlife
2: I mean I think um I think people get wrong sort of this idea that it that it is this, you know, similar to what Avery was saying, sort of this blank space with like a lot of drudgery and that you just have to kind of keep pushing forward the same way that you always have. And so what I really would love is for people to get in sort of maybe touch with, in touch with pieces of themselves, maybe that they've forgotten about. There's a really great quote that I love from Alice in Wonderland where the Mad Hatter turns to Alice and he says, you know, um, that you've, where's your muchness? Like you've lost your muchness. And so for me, midlife is a place where you can get back in touch with that muchness, whatever that means to you.
0: Yeah, I love that. And have fun. I did a Mm -hmm. podcast with a client of mine and she grew up next to a circus and she literally went back and she (laughs) integrated. She went to circus camp, you know, and she started doing, you know, juggling and using a hula hoop and getting a silly dog and doing all this stuff. But yes, your muchness. I absolutely love that. So I think it's, I'm having so much fun. Yeah. We look again, getting back to this idea of like crisis I'm having, I feel like I am, my goal is to like, Age backwards to 50. And then so I get to be 70, and I'm really <laughs> feeling like I'm at 60. But when you see, you know, this again, that that um, documentary about these blue zones, mm-hmm. you see these people who are 80, 90, 100 years old having fun. You see this, you know, a Japanese woman with this bottle on her head, dancing around the living room, having so much fun. Like, don't take yourself so seriously. Find your muchness. Have some fun. It's definitely the time to do it. How about you, Lucy? What are you finding? What do you wish people knew about midlife? And what are people getting wrong?
1: I mean, I think there's this dialectic here, right? I think we have to make space for kind of like the fun and the muchness. And I think with that, we also have to hold some of the hard pieces. Like, I think you have to have it all together. Like, if you try to bypass some of the the grief work or taking a look at, what didn't go right, or, you know, maybe some of the hard feelings you're having, I think that we'll, like, we miss this opportunity to be able to process that and move through it and really get to like the levity on the other side. So I think kind of making space for both. And then I just think this idea of the power of, being able to put words to it and knowing you're not alone, right? And so that's what I would recommend. I wish people knew that like to, to talk about it, talk about how you're really doing and what you're really feeling and what your experience is really like because you're not alone. And I think, I mean, I think that's been one of the most powerful things about our workshop. I think the first one we were all so surprised because these women came in and like within the first five minutes, like tears all over the place, yes. but just this cathartic sort of like, here's what's happening. And I'm not alone. And how hungry these women seem to be able to really, really share what was going on for them. And to feel
3: seen, right? To feel understood and seen, which is, of course, a human need. Um,
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And also, you know, we're not in competition. Like everybody can be their own shining star. And I love um, what you said, Lucy, about The grief and the the difficult things, because what I have found in my life and working with my clients is that the more we give space for the grief, the sadness, the frustration, the overwhelm, the whole emotional experience, the more we feel the joy. Exactly. Because when you close it down, you close it all down.
1: And that's where the compassion is so useful because compassion enables us to feel it and let it belong without having to fix it or change it or judge ourselves or get caught in all the places where we get stuck in that. Compassion enables us to feel it and move through it um, rather than the acrobatics. Yeah.
0: it's an emotional regulatory process but the beautiful Mm -hmm. thing is when you look at the research it helps with anxiety stress and depression but it also helps with the joy the optimism the well-being so it works both ends of the spectrum and you also wind up having more compassion for other people because having self-compassion is correlated with having compassion for others and vice versa so compassion is is really where it's at so what are you, what, what's next for you guys at the Badass Rebellion? Um, and where would you love to take it and how can people get in touch with you? So how can we all be part? Cause I, I, I get the sense that you just want to like wrap your arms around all of these midlife women and have all of us be part of this Badass Rebellion.
1: Totally. The top thing, The top thing I would say would be to get on our mailing list. I think that's my favorite thing we do. We have an email that comes out every Thursday that has um a little story in there, like a little story, a little nugget of wisdom. So I think that they're fun. We get a lot of positive feedback about it. And we'll also have any of our programming in there as well and keep you up to date. And so right? so that's what y'all know. say.
0: What's your website? It, it, the, it, the website's in the show notes, but to let people know. Badassrebellion.com. So just yeah. B-A-G-A-S-S-Rebellion.com all right and, rebellion.com. and we're on social
3: media as well we are on instagram same handle and then we have a facebook group as well so we you can find us there um and our, our website has an opportunity to get on our web our email list like lucy said it also has our information about the programming that we have come up have coming up
0: all right. So go to the badassrebellion.com, follow them on Instagram, which I do. I love what you guys share. I am definitely, I hope I can be a member of your badass rebellion because love it really is so incredibly tremendous. Thank you all so much for being here and thank you all for listening. I know that you've got nuggets. Let me know. You can always reach out to me at the midlife That's the midlife and check out our sponsor, which is Vividly. They are working to reinvent midlife. I think what's so exciting is. There are so many women who are all working together in different ways and different facets to recreate the space So vividly is at live-vividly.com. It's badassrebellion.com. It's the mid-life whisperer.com. It's all in the show notes. Thank you all so much for listening. And thank you guys for being here. This has been a truly yeah. a delightful uh, time. This episode is proudly sponsored by Vividly.